Hey folks, let's spend some time with friends up north. Pat Kreitlow of Up North News is on Lake Minnesota. Kristen Lyerly and OBGYN is on the Fox River. And up on Lake Monaco is Kirk Bangstead of the Monaco Brewing Company. Wherever you are, welcome. You're up north. Won't you let me die happy, 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 happy. Hello and welcome to the Up North Podcast. Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company. Oh my gosh, we got Kristen Lyerly over here and hey! what? What's going on? Pat Crylo joined us. What's happening here, Pat? Well, I'm sorry. Sorry, it's uh, it's past my bedtime over here. Um, <laughs> you know, I said I'd come over now and then back to the night side now that I have this 6 a.m. radio show and I really should have dressed the part. I was going to be in pajamas and a bathrobe and a teddy bear. And With maybe- a pipe? Maybe, well, no, come on, it's the 21st century here. A grown man can have a teddy bear, not a pipe. I'm so used to saying it's a beautiful morning on Lake Wissota, but it's it's damn dark out there. So you'll have to trust me. It's another beautiful day on Lake Wissota. Did you, uh, you, you still look, you're, 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 you're still like you're pretty cozy there, Pat. I never like- leave this room. My, my entire, everything is, it's like the Truman show. Remember with Jim Carrey, the movie, my whole world is right here. It starts at five in the morning. We sign on at six. I work on the next day show till about eight or nine at night. I should just sleep in this easy chair back here. My wife pushes me out the door once every three days and says, go outside and play, get some fresh air. <laughs> I tell you a quick story here about uh, right before winter started. This is how rarely I get out of the house. We went out to the garage. I have a Jeep Wrangler. There were were cobwebs on the grill of my Jeep in the garage. That's how long it had been since I'd I'd gone for a drive to get groceries or anything. So it's it's nice to have contact yet again, two-dimensionally, but I'll take it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, Pat... We are so. I just found out like an hour ago that you were joining us. You didn't let me know. I'm, which I'm absolutely fine with. I love it. But oh my gosh, I got giddy when I found out. Well, we can't, <laughs> you can't have a surprise party without a surprise. So, for those folks who don't know, happy early birthday, Mr. Bankstead. Happy birthday to you. If you sing it if, to yourself, you're the singer. That sounds very not if you, Marilyn Monroe like. <laughs> if you look carefully, Ed happy Kirk, birthday, Mr. Beer Guy. The uh, the guy who uh, tr- uh, looks ridden hard and put away wet. He is <laughs> he is 60, 64 years old tomorrow. <laughs> or at least that's that's how he's been looking, living hard. <laughs> happy birthday! Thank aren't, you, you, aren't you glad you had the surprise party now? I'm I'm very happy. I'll be I'll take I'll take uh, being being ripped on all day long if I can get you uh, for my uh, for my early birthday present. But to let let everybody know uh, that is happening tomorrow. There is a birthday and it's not my birthday party. It is uh, it is the get out the vote volunteer recruitment party for both progressive candidates. Pro, uh, Janet Protasewicz and Everett Mitchell. Um, I'm giving away free beer. We've got a great band playing. We've got Kelda Royce, who's going to be talking tonight, uh, is going to be revving up the troops with Spencer Black tomorrow. 
the event is sold out they're free tickets but <laughs> which means it's free beer and free free tickets but it's it's what's packed and that means we've got about 80 people who have signed up to help encourage other progressives to vote uh on uh, on february 21st which warms my heart that's the best even better than pat kreitlow joining the show it's the best <laughs> birthday present i could have is to know that people are caring about this primary so um, so for those of you who can't be there tomorrow to celebrate in person with kirk the thing that you can do to say happy birthday to kirk is to go right now if you're in wisconsin to my vote .wi.gov and get yourself registered, get yourself an absentee ballot. It's not too late and make a pledge, make a plan to vote on February 21st and again on April 4th, because this one is a doozy. And what Kirk's party uh, is, is about for those folks who are attending was strongly encouraging them, not requiring, you can't legally do that, strongly encouraging them to sign up for a volunteer shift for either Judge Mitchell or Judge Protosewis. The rest of us who can't go, what you can do instead as a birthday present to Kirk is not only can you get your absentee ballot, like Kristen just told you, but if you would just put up a social media post mm -hmm. that reminds people there is a very big Supreme Court primary on February 21st, go vote. That makes a difference. You're, somebody's going to read that and say, oh, I forgot about that. Yes, I'm going to go vote. So do it for Kirk. Put up a post <laughs> reminding people to go vote February 21st. And don't. Get yourself caught in this trap like, well, it really probably doesn't matter. I mean, it's just one vote. Like, it matters. This is a primary election in an off year in Wisconsin, February. It is usually a very low voter turnout kind of election. But this is going to be really different. So every single vote counts. Just get out there and do it. And if there's one person who knows a thing or two about the importance of voting, it's our friend, State Senator Kelda Royce. And I think that's who you're talking to next, Mr. Bankstead. Absolutely. We can't wait to get Senator Kelda Royce on. I have, we have never talked to her yet in the Up North podcast. And so come and join us. Uh, after a quick musical break, we get everybody uh, all, uh, all hunky-dory into this Zoom room together. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you shortly. So the, the note here says that uh, Pat should lead us into the segment. Uh, as often happens when Pat doesn't know what Kirk's playing for bumper music, the segment's going to begin with, hey, Kirk, what the hell is this? That song was Camp Town Races by Stephen Foster, which was released in 1850, which was uh, uh, one year after the uh, Wisconsin abortion ban was put into place 174 years ago. So I That's just wanted so weird. to- <laughs> Did they I even know about germs back then? No. I don't think so. <laughs> well, Could women good. vote? Not for another 70 I mean, years. Mm -hmm. Camp Town Races. I mean, this is like uh, this is like the oldest song in, in the American songbook. And, and that's, that's how old. And that's how back this how far back mm -hmm. this law goes that uh Kristen and so many others have, have been affected by. Uh 
Dr. Lyerly, you and, and Senator Roy's are are here once again to tell us uh, the the stakes of the state Supreme Court race for a law that is so damn old. So damn old. And what a joy it is to be here tonight with Senator Kelda Royce, who has worn many hats in her long and impressive career. She is the mom to four girls, a small business owner, an attorney, and a former state rep. And as the past executive director for Narrow Pro-Choice Wisconsin, Senator Royce has a long history of fighting for reproductive freedom for Wisconsin women. And I think Hashtag that's where we hero. first met. Yeah, right? <laughs> Senator Royce, such a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Great to be with you. And I actually, I now have a fifth child, a little boy who's one. You My got last- a boy. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I did. So, so I looked at your campaign page from whoever knows how long ago <laughs> to get that bio. So I apologize for missing it's all the good. one. <laughs> That's okay. You know, with that many kids, it's very easy to just forget one. <laughs> nice. Kevin! not that not that kind of (laughs) okay so ultimately the point of this uh conversation we're gonna have with you uh tonight senator is you know we we are a lot of us are talking still not enough but a lot of us are talking about how we can finally relitigate uh this abortion ban in wisconsin if we elect a Supreme Court justice. Uh, well, not a lot of us are talking about how that actually happens after we elect a, a progressive Supreme Court justice. Uh, obviously, we got to focus on one before the other. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that question later. But can you start? Can you, for, in your own words, just to get our audience kind of kind of on the same page? Can you uh, give us your impression or what you've heard? Uh, what has happened in the state of Wisconsin after Roe was overturned last? Uh, I guess, June or July. It has thrown uh, people's lives and health into chaos and jeopardy. We know here in Wisconsin uh, where there was immediate legal uncertainty about the ban that most providers, if not all, completely stopped providing abortion. Not only that, they stopped providing miscarriage care and proper miscarriage management. Um, There are reports of women being denied birth control, um, you know, ha- having their requests to put in an IUD denied. This law, um, this archaic ban that's on the books, um, has thrown so many things into chaos, and not just for people who face unintended pregnancy and would have access to abortion, but for people who um, have planned pregnancies, wanted pregnancies, and then have things go terribly wrong and are not able to get the treatment that would have been routine and is necessary for them to save their fertility, their health, their lives. Um, This is happening in Wisconsin and all over the country where we see these archaic abortion bans being um, pushed into place. A big part of it is fear and misinformation. I mean, the Kaiser Family Foundation just today put out a couple of reports showing that people didn't know, even in states where they could get access to mifepristone and mesoprostol, the medications used to manage a miscarriage or to perform an abortion, it's the same thing. People didn't know if it was legal. And people didn't know that plan B, which is emergency contraception, is contraception. It prevents pregnancy. It does not cause an abortion. But more than 50% of people just don't know. And they don't know where to turn. So all of that fear and confusion and misinformation on on top of the actual confusion about the law itself is it's just preventing people from being able to live their lives in a meaningful way. 
that's one of the biggest ironies that um, people are so uninformed about how reproductive health works, about birth, pregnancy, periods, anything having to do with women's bodies. It's very scary. And yet it's one of the first things that right-wing politicians are so eager to legislate. It's the ignorance uh, compared with the desire to exert power over that um, deadly combination is, um, you know, we're seeing the effects of that here in Wisconsin. So there are uh, this battle to restore what women had for nearly 50 years is being fought on many fronts. And one of them includes a lawsuit brought by Attorney General Josh Call and Governor Tony Evers. And different states are doing different things. In, in Michigan, the, the lawsuit was started uh, and, and proceeded rather quickly. Uh, it is not in Wisconsin. Uh, what can you tell us about the, the Wisconsin lawsuit and then we'll get into you know how this state Supreme Court election could play a role in it. But what's the status of it right now? Well, right now, um, the Wisconsin lawsuit um, filed by the attorney general with uh, support from the governor is in the lowest court. So they, um, you know, they haven't had hearings yet. They're briefing on it, which means that the lawyers are basically submitting their arguments on paper to the court. Um, you know, once the that. Uh, district court rules, then it will almost certainly be appealed by the side that loses, and then it will go to an appellate court, and then it will almost certainly end up in the state Supreme Court. Um, Court battles take a long time. They can take years uh, to play out. Obviously, this is of great urgency to people in Wisconsin. Um, Anybody who loves someone who could get pregnant is affected by this law. And um, so we feel a great deal of urgency to get this matter resolved. but you know we have to we have to go through the the legal processes to do that because unfortunately we have a legislature that's controlled by right wing Republicans and they are totally unwilling to listen to the voice of the people on this issue. And same so. goes for the state Supreme Court with currently a four three conservative majority, but that's mm-hmm. uh, that could change with a conservative justice <laughs> retiring. So this is a an open seat. So uh, we all are are. You know, we we are susceptible to hyperbole now and then, but I, I don't know, Senator. That. I don't know. Can can <laughs> we possibly overstate the importance of this election, the control of the court, when this very important decision is just starting to work its way through the courts? Well, this election is for all the marbles. If uh, if we lose this election, then what's going to happen is that 1849 abortion ban is going to remain in place and the legislature is going to move immediately to remove even the very narrow, useless exception that we have now for um, when a woman is basically guaranteed to die if she doesn't receive an abortion. Um, we're looking at uh, rolling back uh, marriage equality. We're looking at uh, rolling back access to birth control because there's been a long-term effort by anti-choicers to conflate a birth control birth control and abortion. That's one reason that people don't understand that plan B is just birth control. It's just a high dose of normal pills and it can't end an established pregnancy. It's because they don't want people to know that. Um, so it's a huge thing, not to mention um, just democracy issues in general, voting rights, uh, fair maps, making sure that um, that our election laws are administered fairly regardless of, of where you live. All these things are on the ballot. And if conservatives win, we're looking at abortion being illegal in Wisconsin in perpetuity and never being able to have a legislature that reflects the will of the people. On the other hand, if we win, well, let me know if you want me to talk about the positive vision. Well, I do. So that's the whole reason that 
what, that we're here. I wanted to give the background and I wanted people to understand how important this election is. But but let like just like any Olympic figure skater or, you know, you, you have to visualize your event, uh, you know, and visualize winning and visualizing, you know, doing your quadruple Lutz before you actually land it. And so let's let's do the quadruple Lutz. We just we just elected a progressive Supreme Court justice. We flipped the balance of the court four to three. What happens next? How, how does this play out where, where women get their reproductive rights back in, in Wisconsin? So Judge Janet Protozawitz will become Justice Janet Protozawitz, and she will join the three other fair-minded, I would say independent, um, you know, certainly open to liberal arguments, but fair-minded independent jurists on the court. And then the three right-wingers will be consigned to the minority. So when the case challenging the 1849 abortion ban comes before them, I think they will look as any rational lawyer would and say, okay, so what do we know about this law? Uh, It was not even enforced even prior to the decision of Roe v. Wade, right? Uh, In the last 50 years, abortion has been heavily regulated in Wisconsin, right? It is is actually very difficult to get an abortion in Wisconsin even prior to the Dobbs decision. Uh, There are waiting periods. There are state-mandated biased counseling requirements. There are limitations on who, how, and where um, people can obtain abortion care. So there are all these barriers put up. And in the law, there are a couple of ways that courts decide if there's a conflict in the law, how to resolve them. One is a more recent statute will override an earlier one. So all the statutes passed over the last 50 years regulating abortion certainly supersede the early one. Um, Secondly, uh, a law that's more specific will supersede a law that's more general. So all of these very specific regulations about how and who and when abortions can occur are going to supersede a general prohibition. Um, Third, because the 1849 ban uh, wasn't even enforced prior to Roe v. Wade, uh, there's a this concept that was impliedly repealed, right? The legislature was not acting for the last 50 years as though abortion was illegal and there was a criminal abortion ban. And you can't have a criminal law that's ambiguous. You can't subject people to being prosecuted for a crime unless it's very, very clear and obvious that there's a crime because you don't want to have that ambiguity in criminal law. So I think any fair-minded attorney would say, listen, we can't square this law that was passed before doctors washed their hands, before putting their hands inside you with all of the regulation on abortion. The only way to square them is to say that abortion ban was impliedly repealed. And so we have to go back to what the legislature has intended for the last 50 years and say that the that highly regulated state where abortion was legal is the state in Wisconsin. That's the only proper legal way to resolve the case. And that's and I believe that that's what will happen when we elect Judge Janet Protzewitz to the court. I do too. But here's my question. Why is it taking so long? I mean, I get that the court system is that it does take a long time. But as Pat said earlier, in Michigan, it just ran through like a flash. And here we are in Wisconsin, where we've been sitting, we're waiting, we know it's going to work its way through the court system. I mean, but Kristen's what? going to she's 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 doing she's practicing in Hibbing, Minnesota, for crying out loud, because because of this ban. She mm-hmm. can't even practice in her in Green Bay. Help I know. And, and I hear all the time from people that are having to travel out of state. 
um, even to get medication abortion or who are ordering it online from aidaccess.org, because of course there's no prohibition in Wisconsin on self-managing your abortion. Um, and you can That's do that a really important point. So women the prohibition themselves- is only on providers yes. in Wisconsin right now. Um, so yeah, so people are, are doing all kinds of things to obtain care. And so it is an urgent issue, but you know, at the end of the day, it is really up to the judges and the attorneys on both sides. Uh, I know the attorney general filed suit very, very quickly. Um, they moved as fast as they could, but ultimately they're not in charge of the timeline, right? They can't force um, deadlines to happen. They can't force decisions to happen. And there have been a number of delay tactics by some right-wing aligned groups. So as, is, as, as we go ahead, Kurt. Well, the, uh, I mean, if I were the attorney general call, I'd want to delay too until, until this election happens, right? Like he That's doesn't want this point. thing to get, he doesn't want to get this, this thing to get us decided by a four, three right wing majority. So none of us want this case to go that quickly until at least, uh, you know, after we know what's going to happen. April 4th. April 4th. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, in August, yeah. really, because she wouldn't be seated until August. Right. That's yeah. right. So we yeah. talked about the many different uh, fronts that, uh, the, that this fight is being waged on. There's one that really can't be done yet in Wisconsin, but I'm going to bring it up anyway, because again, it talks about the importance of this state Supreme court race in Minnesota last week, the Minnesota legislature run by Democrats codified abortion rights into law. And Governor Tim Walz, a Democrat, signed that this week. Now, the odds of the Wisconsin legislature codifying abortion rights with a gerrymandered Republican-controlled legislature is pretty small. But as you know, Senator Royce, if we can get that court to change and also look at gerrymandering and nonpartisan redistricting, we might actually have a legislature that once again does the will of the majority in Wisconsin. That's right. I think there's going to be uh, a, a challenge to the current maps almost immediately um, in the new term. And that's because we just ran an election on these maps and we saw how gerrymandered they were. You know, Wisconsin's maps aren't just a little off. You know, they don't just give a little bit of extra juice to the Republicans. They are <clears throat> among the most gerrymandered maps not just in the country, but in the history of the country. Um, you know, it's a 50-50 state and they have given uh, two thirds of the legislative power to Republicans. There's just nothing that explains that other than a pure political power grab. And they're so egregious that um, it does require, I think, the courts to step in and say, okay, you guys have really taken this a little too far and we need to make sure voters actually have a say in who is elected. So not only... Can we get some, you know, some more kind of bipartisan representation if we fix our maps, which then might enable us to codify Roe? Because finally, we might be able to work together if we don't have these crazy maps. Um, that's, you know, that's a little bit further away from reality in my mind than actually just overturning this ancient ban. I want to go down the road. One more. Uh, we, we don't have a ton, ton of time for more questions, but uh, okay. We overturn the ban with a, a progressive uh, Supreme Court. What if it's appealed by will, like they appealed the gerrymandering case? Does the Supreme Court of the United States, which is 6-3 right wing worse than even Wisconsin is, do they take this up if we overturn our ban? I mean, could, could they smack it back down like they smack gerrymandering? I'm not a 
a good enough lawyer or um, fortune teller to know if they would. But I will say that um, in general, the state Supreme Court is the first and last word on state law. So if the Supreme Court did insert itself, the U.S. Supreme Court inserted itself into this, it would be, um, you know, a huge uh, breach of how the law generally operates, right? It would be shocking. That said, I do think we have to be very, very aware of the possibility of a national abortion ban, right? The minute that Republicans get power in Washington, if they have the House, the Senate, and the presidency, they will pass a national abortion ban. And um, and I think that's been very, very clear. And I think the Supreme Court could very well say, they could start to say, as John Roberts even, you know, has uh, hinted at, that, that, oh, well, abortions after 15 weeks or 12 weeks or 10 weeks are um, everything that we know about science shows that now the state has a greater interest in protecting that potential life. And they will just ratchet it down and down and down um, so that even states that are pro-choice will not be able to provide that abortion care. So, And when you when you talk about uh, who who is president <laughs> next and everything, all the more reason to talk about this state Supreme Court election, because this is the court that could decide any election challenges in 2024. If there's any hanky panky there and uh, and goodness knows from what we've seen, you, we have to be aware of every future potential threat to democracy. Uh, State Senator Kelda Royce, so great to talk to you again. Thank you very much. Thank you. Let me die. Run all day. Bet my money on a bump till nag. Somebody bet on the bay. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. Kirk, don't call it a comeback. <laughs> don't call it a comeback because we have a potential comeback in our state and it's in the eighth senate district uh, of wisconsin uh, which is used to be held by a republican alberta darling and uh 30 years and, and, and i think i think we got a shot i mean all these suburban women all around milwaukee are just not happy with the state of the republican party right now especially after uh, overturning roe v wade and there are the suburbs are changing Waukesha is changing. Ozaki County is changing, you know, and so there's a shot that we that we can do this. And we have the contender, the contender coming up with us. Who do we have, Kristen? Well, I hear you saying that not only do we have the conditions and the people, but we've got the candidate in Jody Sinekin. Jody, we're so excited to have you here. You are the youngest daughter of Mimi and Robert Habish. Anybody in Wisconsin has heard the last name Habish, and that's your family. <laughs> now, you followed in your family's footsteps with a degree from Harvard Law School, and it's whether you're helping to protect the Great Lakes or working to ban puppy mills here in the state, you love to roll up your sleeves and solve big problems. And sister, you've got one right now. 
Because we are going to retake the Senate with you as the person driving the bus. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited to introduce Jody Sinekin. Woo! <laughs> Thanks <laughs> Hello, for joining everyone. us, Jody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you know, when I was reading about you, I, I didn't know much about this race, and I just knew it was really important. And so I started reading. I'm like, oh, my God, this woman's got a bio a mile long. Um, I'd love to learn. I want, I mean, this, the goal of this show, uh, we reach about 70,000 people who follow, who like drinking beer and progressive politics uh, generally in Wisconsin. And um, the goal is to introduce you to people uh, because I think outside of Southeastern Wisconsin, you, know, you might not be as, as well known. And, and I think people should really care about this race and they, they might not even know about this race. So, so could you, I mean, you know, it's, I know, I know you've got a lot to talk about, but could you just kind of give us a, your, 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 your kind of your background in your Wisconsin roots, uh, your, your time as, as a lawyer, the fact you, you had, you know, you, you, own a textile in mill in Wisconsin, just some of the background before we get into the water stuff and, and why you're running. Very good. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Kurt and Kirsten and Pat. I feel really happy to be on this show. Thank you very much. I've been looking forward to it the opportunity to meet other people and to get the word out. This is a really important Senate race. Uh, it, even in contemplating it weeks ago, it's just been now not quite uh, eight weeks when I was contemplating um, joining. I never thought of running for public office. I've always done legislative work and policy work regarding mostly water policy and wildlife concerns in the state. But it just came to that push point, which I assume many people have at different points in different places in their life where I didn't feel comfortable sitting this out. I didn't wanna have the regret that I could have done something for issues and the state that I love and I stood by. So I'm jumping in, I'm learning a ton and um, I feel very uplifted by the support uh, around the state and especially in the area where I grew up, where I've lived most of my life. So. It has been a really uh, important venture. This race is pivotal. It is provides the best possible protection we have at this point to protect against a supermajority, which would deprive Governor Evers of his ability to veto really harmful bills. And I'm not saying that with any exaggeration. I assume many of your listeners and you yourselves saw that pileup of bills on Governor Evers' desk that he was able to veto. Bills that had to do with voter suppression, bills that were a whole package from Hunter Nation with really extreme um, policies that they were recommending. There were bills limiting women's reproductive and healthcare choices. There's a whole array of them. And I promise you all, they will come back. Those same bills will be coming back. And if we don't have a veto on them, the nature of Wisconsin will literally change. The face of Wisconsin, our rights as citizens in Wisconsin will be jeopardized. So it's just the truth of it. Yeah. Without, without this seat, we're in trouble. Exactly. Because with a two-thirds majority, the Senate can not only uh, override uh, a veto from Governor Evers, but they can also begin the process of removing officials from office. Uh, with that two-thirds majority. And it's a two-thirds majority that we all thought Republicans were going to have. For those of you wondering, wait, why are we talking about an election now? This is a special election because Republican Alberta Darling, who held the seat for, for about 
for 30 years, basically, um, abruptly resigned uh, in December. The seat is vacant, so it's an open seat that will be coming up this April. It stretches uh, basically along the, the the north of Milwaukee. It hits uh, Whitefish Bay, Fox Point, Mequon, uh, Menominee Falls, uh, Germantown, uh, all the way up to uh, just outside of Cedarburg. And so it's it's a chunk of area that as we've been following election trends, those are the areas, as Kirk mentioned, where they were traditionally solid Republican, and sure they were for Alberta Darling for all those years. But for the reasons you just mentioned, Jody, for the, the issues that are involved when it comes to people, when it comes to resources, and when it comes to mischief in government, it is so important to get this seat back in the hands of somebody that can make sure that uh, Republicans don't have that supermajority. These are very big stakes, Jody, that we're fighting for. Absolutely. And I feel the urgency and I feel the pressure because we need to get as many folks to the polls as possible in Senate District 8. Victory is all going to come from high turnout, high Democratic turnout. And as you just said, persuadable Republicans and moderates who are seeing the dysfunction in our legislature. It's now lasted way too long. When I get to the part of the program, when I speak to the legislative accomplishments that I was part of, we aren't in that same legislative conditions anymore. There has devolved this dysfunction in our legislature where they are not willing to work together. There's no incentive to work across the aisle and to work on the problems and the pressing concerns of Wisconsin. So if we keep electing those same type politicians, we're going to keep getting the same result. And that's really my message to folks. If we want things to change in Wisconsin, then we have to elect different types of people with different skills and different aspirations than those that who are currently serving in our legislature. You are so right, Jody. And 50% of the population desperately needs different leadership in this state. More than that, but I'm talking about women and suburban women where you live. Help us understand why it is so important for women who may have considered themselves Republicans at one point why they are starting to step up and recognize that you are the right candidate for them at this time in history. We've seen it written up in the paper. There is that softening and that trend that you're pointing to, Kristen, exactly. But it's actually even larger than that. It's for the future of Wisconsin and our ability to attract young people, attract businesses, to attract new jobs and vitality to our state so we can remain competitive. The truth is, as things are looking, women in Wisconsin have less rights than women in our neighboring states. We have less rights than those in Minnesota and in Michigan and in Illinois. I know that you guys are news hounds, so you've been hearing about the women suffering miscarriages having to be literally rushed to the borders for treatment. And then the fact that our OBGYN residency programs, all three of them in the state had to be shut down and moved to Chicago, depriving us in the future of these young doctors. And it's gonna put us in a situation that women in Wisconsin are gonna to have to go out of state for basic care. So it's bigger than just the right to choose. 
It's crossing the gamut of women's right to have healthy bodies and take care of themselves as a whole. So it's broad. It's getting to the point now where being a woman and living in Wisconsin is not looking that great. We've got time for one more issue. And so I'd like to turn to a concern that I think a lot of folks in those northern suburbs have. And I know from way back when it's in the uh, listening range of the radio station in West Bend, where I worked uh, many years ago, because if there's one thing Republicans are going to beat the drum on, as they did last year, it's going to be crime, 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 crime. And yet these are the same Republican legislators who are truly defunding the police and other local services. And Jody, you have made it a habit to talk to the folks who are involved in the delivery of essential local services from law enforcement to other things that every one of these suburbs has to deliver. And the legislature has not been delivering for them. Pat, it is so interesting what I've been learning in these weeks. I have made it a point to now go to, I, I still have a few to hit, but I've been hitting every police department in the district and meeting with the chiefs of police. And every single one of them is whistling the same sorry tune, which is that they are not being afforded the key resources and funding they need to provide proactive policing. So they are jeopardizing the public safety of their communities or having being put in that position to not fulfill their responsibilities by a legislature that is refusing to um, update the shared revenue formula. And it is literally, as you said, choking them off on their ability with every department at a tipping point. And we know about Milwaukee, it seems to be a fond habit of the legislature to point at Milwaukee and tisk tisk about the crime when it is in effect their actions that are exacerbating the problem and causing under their watch crime has only risen and it's because of the lack of funding and the ability of the police force to keep us safe so shame on them for for trying to trick us into thinking it's somehow anybody's fault other than a lack of funds and resources we just need to change that exactly all right so jody i just want to make sure we don't have a ton of time but is there any you were on the ballot uh, for sure on April 4th. Is there a primary or is this February 21st uh, important for you as well? Can you can you make sure that our listeners know uh, what's important for you in terms of uh, in terms of voting? You bet. February 21st is the primary. I have nobody running against me as a Democrat, but it's super important that people vote because the Supreme Court candidates are on that. And if we want to have a Wisconsin that we can have new maps drawn where that 1849 abortion ban law is going to be before the court. We need folks to come out and vote, 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 vote. February 21st, no matter what the weather is, no matter what's going on, that's essential um, to me as a as a citizen. And for all of us, we need to get out there and vote. Great. Well, thank you so much, Jody. We're going to follow your race. Uh, we, we may be up in the, in, the, in the hinterlands of Wisconsin, but uh, your race is one of the, the only races that, uh, that, that can actually help change our lives up here if we can kind of change the balance of the, uh, of the state legislature and protect uh, Governor Evers' vote. So thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate getting to know you a little bit better. Thanks, I Jody. appreciate this so much. Thank you all and have a really good night. Thank you, Jody. Bye. I'm gonna knock you 
chop our wood and make our garden grow and make our garden grow. That was Kirk Bankstead, everybody. It's, uh... <laughs> And make our (laughs) garden grow. (laughs) Actually, that was Kurt Bangstead. I I really liked that. (laughs) So, so this is my. I love the last segment. This is my chance uh, to to think a little bit, uh, to to play the music I love and think a little bit more deeply. And this. Uh, this is from uh, Leonard Bernstein's Candide, and it's and we're gonna play the outro, the chorus part uh, at the end of this show. And it's just one of my most favorite, uh, my most favorite like movements in an opera. And it's my most favorite because it's so northern Wisconsin. <laughs> you know, it's it's high art, but it's so easy to understand from anybody who's who's just you know you know just trying to make it in life. And and the the bit. This is the this is the little poem that this this very simple man and a very simple woman who were just getting together and trying to make a household work like so many of us in Wisconsin. It says this guy says, you've been a fool and so have I, but come and be my wife and let us try before we die to make some sense of life. We're neither pure nor wise nor good. We'll do the best we know. We'll build our house and we'll chop our wood and we'll make our garden grow. And that's Wisconsin's not perfect. We're about as dysfunctional as it gets in the United States, but we can grow our garden by simply giving women's reproductive rights back, you know, releasing $7 billion that's being held up by the Republicans so we can give it to schools, give teachers their unions back so we can make teaching a decent job again and and get rid of gerrymandering so we can start legislating again. And we can't do that until we elect a judge uh, on on April 4th and February February 21st. And, And once we do that, we have the ingredients to start growing our garden again. Kristen. And restoring voting rights. Let's not forget that. How nice it would be to be able to put your ballot in a drop box again, mm-hmm. or have someone else put your ballot in a drop box. That would be great. You know, and maybe most importantly, give us some hope back because so many people are feeling hopeless. Like there's nothing they can do. They just go to work every day and just watch all of the crazy things that are happening and it doesn't seem to make a difference but it does make a difference it has to make a difference and that's why it's so important for us to get out and vote this time around we need this garden blooming again people see nothing but the the weeds that are choking everything and frankly kirk the garden analogy is a a a perfect uh it's particularly apt these days Wisconsin should be a garden, like you said, and and it should be based in perennials. If you take care of them, they come back beautifully every year because you think of that legacy of your garden. Short-term thinking, like the Republicans giving away the surplus and tax cuts to the rich, that's like an annual. It's beautiful for a year for some people, and that's it. You have to start over. And next time around, there won't be $7 billion in seeds at the ready. 
better yet, let's go past the flower garden and out to where the crops are growing. While most folks understand the importance of watering, fertilizing, weeding, and having healthy soil, too many Republican politicians only focus on the harvest. Pull it out. Use it. Done. There's no consideration about future use of the garden, future needs of our school kids, future use of our clean water. It's all about what you can consume today. And Kirk and Kristen, in this mythical garden of ours, you are my pollinators of the public service garden. You buzz from microphone to computer, spreading the pollen of good news and good service and selflessness. A guy like me gets to enjoy the honey as I take your hard work and I slather it all over the toast that is my morning radio show. And I thank you for letting me visit your hive this week. Uncle Pat, tell us another story. (laughs) Uncle Pat, that was wonderful. Well, with that, everyone, with with Pat's wonderful soliloquy and with Mm -hmm. with Kristen's heartfelt pleas to go vote, um, thank you so much for joining us up at the cabin up north. And uh, we will hopefully see you next week. And who knows, maybe we can convince Pat to stay up a little late next week, too. Thank you all for coming, and we will see you soon. Good night. Bye-bye.